0: welcome to the very first episode of what the hell is advertising the podcast where we dive into the world of advertising marketing pr and everything in between all from the lens of students we'll dive deeper into the hot topics of the industry while also bringing you insight from young professionals sharing their story as we discover together the big question wth is advertising from your friends at UNT Ad Club, this is Noah and Carly, and today we're talking about how brands are lending a helping hand and where to draw the line between cause marketing and plan out taking advantage of the situation. Now, before we get into today's topic, I'm going to hand it off to Carly to kind of take a second to explain what brought us here and why we're starting this whole thing.
1: Yeah, hey guys, thanks for coming to our first episode. Um, just to give a brief like history, we've honestly been wanting to do a little more with Ad Club for a while. Um, and personally for me, I always found an excuse that I was too busy or I had too much going on. I had to put my time into school and different things that I was involved with. But like with the development of COVID-19 and, and the end of the semester, I had so much time to reevaluate where I was putting my time into. And then I honestly was just like, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity for Ad Club to really revamp itself and be a club that's more for the students rather than um, just another organization on campus. So honestly, I would say, um, unfortunately, with the development of COVID-19, a lot of us, our internships got canceled and we just all have so much more time on our hands. So. Um, mm-hmm. That's what this is. This is starting, really. There's also so many talented and really thoughtful students in the UNT advertising program. And they deserve a program that is truly for them. So that's where our kind of rebrand and revamp came in. We wanted to make it more of a platform that isn't just to show off what we're doing and uh, just to like get brownie points from the school, but it's like, actually to educate, grow and stay relevant as the industry changes. And we also realized that our platform can be used to show advertising, marketing, branding, all those aspects from the student eye. And I think that's something that um, a lot of future advertisers aren't getting or people who are already industry. what the um, We're gonna show like what the industry looks like towards us from a student eye, because I mean, we're prepping to be in this industry, right? We should be able to talk about behalf on things we know. And since we are the future, um, Why don't we just like spark this thing, you know?
0: Love that. I literally could not have said it better. (laughs) Okay, cool. So I guess we'll go ahead and kind of dive into the main topic of today, um, which is brands that are lending a helping hand, brands that aren't so much lending a helping hand, Um, just kind of all of that um, with everything that is going on in the world uh, with the COVID pandemic going on, uh, this resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, um, and a whole slew of different things. Pride Month just kicked off um, in June here, and so there's a bunch going on in the world, and so uh, we wanted to kind of use this um, to look at what brands are doing about it.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's important to start it off with that branding and advertising Like, has such a power to be the storytellers of like what's going on in the world. And uh, specifically, like, I think brands that are successful are being customer-led and empathetic during these times. And we're even that before. I've seen a lot of brands who have tried to shift, and it doesn't really work just because of, like, their history. But because these things we're talking about aren't lighthearted. Like, they're things to be no one should be going through. So brands that are really embracing this and using their power for good um, that's kind of what we're talking about today. So, um, I'll let you go ahead into McDonald's.
0: Yeah. Um, After all that sentimental stuff, we'll start off with
1: With none other than McDonald's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so the biggest thing, um, I think today the biggest thing that we're going to do is definitely talk about branding and not even so much like 30, 50 second ad spots. Um, Mm -hmm. and so McDonald's Uh, This is the one that I think, personally, I'm going to remember for a lot longer after the pandemic. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally for days and weeks, we would not stop getting those emails that were like, our company's update with COVID-19 and blah, 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 and social media posts. And it was the same template one after another. Um, And McDonald's really rose to the light um, to provide frontline workers uh, meals, what they were calling thank you meals. Um, and so within the first six days, they gave away nearly 4 million of those thank you meals. And so I they were doing oh it gosh. for breakfast and lunch, um, giving them to hospital workers and um, all the other first responders uh, that have been involved in the pandemic. Uh, and something even uh, more surprising that I found too was that uh, in early April, before they started doing the Thank You Meals, they donated $3.1 million in food to support local communities. Oh, so wow. McDonald's did not need an ad. They did not need a big media buy. Uh, they really just stepped up and did what they were best at doing, which is making fast food and uh, giving it to the people. And so that's kind of why that was the first one that came to mind for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah.
1: You know, I feel like I didn't even see any ads running on social media or like even television and radio for McDonald's. Um, When we were doing research on like brands that are doing good during COVID, um, I came up with like all the like sentimental like videos that have been shown um, with like, you know, a sentimental video and Mm -hmm. then some like sad music in the background. But I think it's, yeah, cool to talk about. The branding within like the companies that are actually doing something to give back to the consumers okay so dyson um i don't know if everyone knows what dyson is i didn't really know what it was until i was doing research um they're a brand that makes vacuum cleaners and hair dryers and all of those types of things which is really weird like vacuum and hair dryers like i feel like that's totally different but you know what them. So they're like a technology company, and Dyson actually stepped in and researched and began to create medical ventilators. So these are crucial for the patients who can't breathe on their own, which is common due to due to COVID. And Dyson committed to making fifteen thousand ventilators, um, and they have committed to donating five thousand of the ventilators to hospitals, um, and I mean, just anyone else who needs these ventilators, the medical staff, uh, having to make these decisions on who gets access to a ventilator is horrible during the pandemic. So I thought that was extremely cool that this company was like, you know what, we're gonna take the time to research and learn how to make ventilators. Um, Right. Definitely didn't see anyone else doing that.
0: Right, and well, I was gonna add, uh, I think I I don't know if it's just because of where we live, but I actually Mm -hmm. saw a few uh, television ads and some ads on my socials about uh, Ford kind of doing something similar. Um,
1: Oh, really? But
0: just the way that they set it up for me, uh, it's not like I'm in the market to buy a car at all. But if I was, it honestly would have been more off-putting than I feel like a lot of people maybe perceived it because the way the ad was set up is we're all in this together, the same kind of template. And then they were showing clips of uh, some of their workers putting together ventilators. And then the very next one was uh, asking, you know, when you're ready, we're here for you. And Mm -hmm. kind of leading right into people buying cars. And like, for me, Mm -hmm. I really respect brands that are out here, doing the work and not putting in big ad buys to be like look at us we did good things now come buy from us yeah uh like especially with all the earned media that could have gone into that um Mm -hmm. in my opinion I think we'll get into it a little bit later about um things that were not our favorites but um I kind of I appreciate you for putting Dyson on the list um just because uh maybe they did take out a big ad buy but I definitely did not see it so
1: Respect yeah, no, I, know, I didn't. I didn't see anything until I think I saw an article on Ad Age about it, and I was like, "Oh, well, this is crazy." But yeah, yeah, no, I think that's yeah. We'll go into it later more about <laughs> companies, but um, I think next on our list is State Farm.
0: Yeah, so State Farm, I first uh, saw them because they were sponsoring literally every other thing. When I was researching this, my favorite headline so far was like a good neighbor, State Farm is everywhere. And Thank it's literally because uh, they were sponsoring things like the Chicago, the Chicago Bulls documentary on ESPN, the Disney family sing along on ABC, Thursdays nights, uh, the resurrection of the special episode of Parks and Recreation. Um, they sponsored and they did a charitable promotion on the Tonight Show with Ch- Jimmy Fallon. Um, and so really, they were sponsoring and promoting every other thing. Um, and a lot of that was due to the fact that they made big ad, ad, ad buys for March Madness and kind of redirected that money into all of these different things um, with live sports not happening on television um, in most of March and April. Uh, they really found a smart way to redirect that money. But a big reason why I put State Farm on this list is because... Um, how they communicated to consumers and to the public with um, their different ads talking about um, returning, uh, I think they said, $2 billion in premiums um, and just really communicating to their customers um, and to everyone who isn't customers that they're here for them, really being clear on what they're doing. Um, in my hometown, they donated, I think, $2,000 or $5,000 to our local high school um, and so they were really covering all of their bases. And something I think that this article uh, with the headline earlier pointed out is the fact that less driving means fewer car crashes, which means they saved a bunch. And so mm-hmm. that $2 billion definitely sounds like a lot. Um, but kind of with the context, um, it's it's it wasn't as much to them, but I still really liked it because they weren't there to kind of show off necessarily, like, look how much we're saving you. It was really just to be, um, like, here's what's happening, here's what programs we're offering, Um, and not so much to just kind of rub it in your face, um, but more so to just really communicate a consistent message.
1: Yeah, and, um, yeah, I feel like there are... They're at as a company, like the way they have to market is kind of different because, like, I feel like it has to be really informative because Mm -hmm. it is auto insurance, even though their advertising is kind of playful and sometimes like emotional and empathetic. But I don't really know anything about auto insurance, you know, besides that I have to pay for it. (laughs) Um, I think it's good that they're informing their consumers and customers that this is going on because a lot of times I feel like you wouldn't know, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And so JD Power did some research uh, saying that only 37% of auto insurance customers were even aware um, that their carrier changed any sort of program during COVID. Um, And so, I mean, that's a pretty low number for everything that's going on. And so um, interesting to see that kind of State Farm Of course redirected all of their ad buys from march madness um but really Mm -hmm. used it to kind of make sure that their customers um knew what was happening
1: yeah that's great um well we can go into skittles so skittles was kind of interesting because they took on pride um as most everyone knows that pride was canceled due to covid so skittles found a niche way to take a stance for their customers um I actually read on Ad Age that they wrote that Skittles has gone in the opposite direction. Direction, Oh, let me give a brief topic, that Skittles removed the rainbow from their packaging. So Skittles had gone in the opposite direction, removing the rainbow um, like the color entirely from the packaging for a pride partnership with uh, GLAAD. Um, the Give the Rainbow campaign plays on the concept that the only one rainbow matters in June. And that's the one that represents the diversity and visibility of the LGBTQ community. And I thought that was so powerful um, because just the way they like worded their this marketing stance with what was actually going on, that the only thing that matters is the diversity and visibility of the LGBTQ uh, community I thought that was cool. When I first saw it, I was like, why is there no color? But then I read more about it. And um, I was like, wow.
0: Right. And I think that the thing that I liked most about Skittles is the fact that they really embraced what they already had. Um, Uh It's Skittles taste the rainbow. And during this time, every June, we always see literally hundreds, if not every single brand is putting something rainbow on their packaging on their logos and skittles doesn't have to do that and so they really uh went in the opposite direction i think that's something that um was really unique and something that really they could only do um yeah no but (laughs) i sure i think that really said a lot because honestly i i remember last year i saw an ad for colgate and it was just like colgate with um like rainbow colored toothpaste coming out and like nothing Uh substantial in the caption Um, like nowhere, like they were saying they're going to donate anything or redirecting people to resources. And I literally sat there and thought, like, what does this do for the LGBTQ community? What does this do for you? Like, and I think that was just like the point that I was like, this, (laughs) this is what corporations have come to is just like, putting a rainbow on their package. So Uh yeah, when I saw this uh, shared on like my socials, too, I this was definitely something that I fell in love with.
1: Yeah, and I think Skittles can do it because like you said, they're already in partnership with the LGBTQ community and they are for their customers and consumers compared to like other big corporations who just want to say that they're an activist and something, but there's nothing to prove that they have given back um, to these communities. So it really works for Skittles because we already know their stance on things and they are... um, they always voice what they feel and they always stand up for these communities. And I think that's why it worked. Right.
0: Right. And it was a nice intersection between the COVID pandemic and pride oh, month yeah. coming up. So it was a yeah. very nice combination of the two.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Go ahead.
0: The, I guess the next section that we'll kind of take on with brands making a difference is, um, after COVID, is this resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. um, all kind of sparked um, by a man named George Floyd, uh, who died at the hands of uh, police brutality in uh, Minneapolis, um, and honestly has uh, brought the movement uh, in a light that I personally have not seen in a, in a few years now, um, and has mm-hmm. really uh, kind of demanded brands to take more of a stance. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. kind of where uh, we're going to go with uh, the brands that we're going to talk about now.
1: Um, so throughout this movement, one of the most powerful and honestly resourceful things I saw going on was, um, I actually saw it on someone's Instagram story, and the title was How to Donate to Black Lives Matter When You Have No Money. So a Black woman named Zoe Amiria posted a video on YouTube that is an hour long, and it's filled with art and music from Black creators, and it has a ton of ads in it. Um, and in result, well, that's going to rack up a ton of revenue. So apparently 100% of the ad revenue from this video will be dispersed between various Black life, uh, black life Matters organizations, including bailout funds for protesters, and it will be split between Honestly, like I think it was 20 different organizations. So they oh, wow. were um, encouraging people to turn off their ad blocker and put the video on repeat and don't skip the ads so that these creators and artists and different organizations and bailouts and um, funds for protesters just would get all this ad revenue. I mean, we know ad money. Build up quick. It's like a mm-hmm. billion dollar industry. So the fact that these people who are running these ads on this video are giving 100% of their ad revenue to um, these organizations and such was incredible to me. Yeah, I,
0: think I, that's I agree.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the coolest thing here was that it didn't even have to be one brand. It was just the mm-hmm. fact that kind of advertising was able to play a role um, mm-hmm. in, honestly, kind of indirectly um, providing a bunch of revenue dollars from AdSense yeah. uh, into movements that people really care about.
1: Yeah. I definitely think this is one of the best things I've seen because it's it's not necessarily branding, like you said, more so advertising that, um, that shows... I feel like where the industry is going, um, with advertising, that these people are are giving these monies their money, and it's really, it's not as bad as an industry as some people make it out to be. It can be, but um, if you're doing it right, it definitely works.
0: Right, right. that's where our whole, our whole idea of what the hell is advertising comes in.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Um, what the hell is advertising? <laughs>
0: that's that's why we're all here that's what we're gonna figure out eventually one of these days (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) um Um, I'll let you yeah you want to go into the next
0: yeah so I think the next one that uh definitely had a a pretty big impact but kind of fell into that second category of um providing resources was Viacom um and so Mm -hmm. they launched um a spot eight minutes and 46 seconds, uh, which was how long the officer in Minnesota, um, had his knee, uh, on top of George Floyd, George Floyd. Um, and so really powerful stuff. And the, uh, Viacom CBS president, um, basically said that, um, all of the entertainment and youth brands, um, within Viacom would go dark, uh, Earlier this week on Monday, um, for eight minutes and 46 seconds, and so the spot read "I can't breathe" on a black background, um, and mm-hmm. and the audio behind it was sounds of breathing, uh, and the spot included a call to action to support civil rights advocacies. Sorry, the spot included a, a call to action to support civil rights uh, mm-hmm. advocacy nonprofit Color of Change. And so on the screen for eight minutes and 46 seconds, um, Viacom really took a stand. And so uh, at first to me, this definitely came off as kind of performative activism, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But Mm -hmm. when I took a step back, just as an advertising student, knowing how much eight minutes and 46 seconds costs, yeah. I, I think that's a donation of it in itself, um, and being able uh-huh. to use that platform, uh, I mean, across four uh, different channels uh, to really mm-hmm. provide a call to action, um, to text the number, to sign the petition, to donate, um, really said a lot. And not, not even that, but the fact that they put it on Nickelodeon and other kind of yeah. useful uh, channels... I mean, it really blew me away. Not in a million years did I think, you know, as a kid, I would have turned on Nickelodeon and seen something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it—that's what I saw. Like, I've seen this going around more than I have seen some other things, and some of the the backlash I read was parents who were like, "I do not want my kid to see this," and ask me about it. But really, I mean, you have to start having these conversations. I'm not a parent, but mm. I can only imagine that you have to start having these conversations with your kids now to an extent because they pave the way for the future and they are the future generations who will make change. So it kind of forces these these parents and these guardians of children who are watching Nickelodeon to sit down and have conversations with their kids. Right. Um, and also they put it on different channels with such different markets and consumers mm-hmm. so um
0: right i think yeah that's, mtv cbs sports uh yeah BT and nickelodeon
1: yeah um yeah i thought that i i agree with you wholeheartedly on everything you said right. with biocom um yeah
0: very very cool stuff, we, very empowering
1: yeah uh the next one we can go into is Uniqlo usa So Uniqlo issued a statement on their social media channels regarding Black Lives Matter and their customers called them out saying they weren't doing anything to help. So just to give some context, uh, you can look it up, but they just like every other brand, saying, we're here for you, it's our time to listen. Um, But in the comments, their customers really were not happy, rightfully so, because there was nothing that they were doing, um, and nothing. They they didn't give any money, really, just nothing. Um, so they actually followed up the next day with another statement, thanking their thanking their. I've had too so much coffee. Thanking <laughs> their customers for speaking up, um, and the copy read, "Thank you for speaking up. You are heard, and we commit to doing more." And um, and the caption of the social media post they ended up partnering up with the American Civil Liberties Union and donated $100,000 to organizations across the country that support support the Black community. Um, so I thought that was powerful because that just showed uh, a brand, you know, messing up and doing the bare minimum and then right. coming back and actually listening to their customers and realizing, oh crap, we did something really wrong and uh embracing that and then having a call to action and actually doing something actionable for um what's going on right now
0: right and I I think honestly and we definitely could have dived into the countless other brands that are donating millions on millions Mm -hmm. but I think the the biggest point here that I that definitely drew me in is the fact that I mean myself and you Um, and brands themselves as allies of especially the Black Lives Mm -hmm. Matter movement, and honestly, allies of any other movement, um, Mm -hmm. just have to know and recognize that we're going to make mistakes. um, But we have to listen to those within that community to kind of tell us, and to tell us, hey, you messed up, try it again. Um, And just be okay with um, knowing that you messed up and not trying to you know, cover it up or not try to act uh, like mm-hmm. you knew what was right all along. Um, so I think that was honestly something that stood out to me was the fact that, you know what, they messed up by kind of just sewing, hey, we're here um, with without really doing anything else, but then kind of realized uh, that they need to do more.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, our last brands we're going to talk about in this section is Nike. So one of the quickest brands to respond to the most recent resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement um, was Nike and they had a spot title, Don't Do It. I'm sure many people have seen it, but um, just to go a little more into it, there was no product shots, no B-roll, and it was just black and white text. And within the first two hours that they posted it, there was 10,000 retweets and uh, 19,000 likes, um, but what we wanted to go into was that how brands can truly make a powerful message have no action to back it up, which it's counterproductive, and it just doesn't work anymore. Um, Nike is known for, you know, standing up um, for, for uh, the, the community during these moments, and I was really disappointed and right i know a lot of the black community was extremely disappointed because they they made this powerful message of don't do it but then they they came back with they literally didn't do anything Mm -hmm. there was no action from nike um and it was just launched on social and it just goes to show that you could have a really powerful message and the best creative but if you're not doing anything now to back up and not taking action then it there's no point of there's no point of the ad.
0: Right, Um, right.
1: And honestly, in the comments, I went more into the comments. And I did see some of my advertising friends post on Instagram that they felt the same way. Uh, So I was glad that other people, while other people were noticing that there was no action from one of the biggest brands in the world. Right, and I I think
0: something too to take away is, especially Mm -hmm. during these times is even if they, even if Nike ended up donating stuff, they didn't do it publicly. And so really they had an opportunity to challenge other brands Mm -hmm. um, and they didn't. And so, you know what, even if they were donating behind closed doors, um, it really goes to Mm -hmm. show how much we need brands um, and how much people want brands. Uh, to publicly say, this is how much we're donating, this is what we're doing, Um, and really be clear with the steps that they're taking.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, because, you know, big brands are a leader, and they're leaders in, like, how culture shifts, and, like, they are the ones to adapt, and people follow, like, people, I am brand loyal to many brands, and I love shopping at certain places, and it's really a sense of community that these brands are giving off and they really have to think of themselves as leaders, as challenging as it is, which is like why you need to have good teams and like have diverse teams to really mm-hmm. spark this, um, spark the change. So um, yeah, that's a good point. Like maybe we could look into see if Nike uh, donated publicly, but now I feel like it's kind of different since it's been out for a while, but Yeah. You're right. You're right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that kind of wraps up uh, the brands uh, making a difference, the brands that we thought could have made a little bit more of a difference. Um, And so that kind of leads us into our last section of kind of where do you draw the line between helping and promoting and kind of Mm -hmm. what brands are taking advantage of this situation? So I'll let you kick this one off, Carly
1: yeah <sighs> I feel like as a student I definitely don't know everything and I I know you probably feel the same way too yes. even though you're very smart I'm not taking that <laughs> but um
0: we're all learning we're I just all learning. feel
1: like yeah I have learned within the past year so much about advertising and how branding correlates with advertising and just that brands now have to be customer centric, like it is no longer just about the products they are selling. It is about who is buying these products. And that is the most important thing about brands Mm -hmm. is the consumers. Of course, these products make up the brands, but really the brand voice and the community is what keeps these big brands going. So um, I saw a lot of brands who have already been doing that. Um, before a lot of these movements have started, they started off customer centric and that's what they've been from the beginning. And that's great. They're also newer brands. So they're also listening um, to what's going on in the world. And then I saw some brands um, like Pepsi who, yikes, have just (laughs) been putting a product on a message and saying they're done for the day, which it doesn't work because these people are being product centric and just using um, using what's going on in the world to their advantage and not in a good way. So I don't know if um, y'all saw, but Pepsi put a banner on a, I don't know, I think it was a shed or like a store next to a Walmart and the banner read COVID-19 testing site near Walmart, number 908. And then right in the left corner is a big old glass of Pepsi and their big old Pepsi logo. And honestly that is bad like they just pop their product on here and oh my gosh it's it's just so bad it doesn't work because there is no correlation of honestly the heart of the brand it really just shows off what they care about and it's their product and that's not being customer centric and that's not that's not listening to your customers Right. Um, you know i think it's annoying when brands put in a most emotional we can kind of go further in Uh, to just a general topic of brands but I think it's annoying when brands put an emotional message backed up with sad music um it's anyone can do it and it's counterproductive and I saw a lot of brands quickly releasing ads and spots um and I just had to think to myself like is this effective I mean A lot of them did pull on my heartstrings, but there was no call to action or substance to back it up. And it really didn't do anything. And to me, those are the type of brands who are just focused on their brand and the product and not the customer. Uh, And that kind of goes more into a lot of performative activism, activism happening uh, in these past couple of months. Yeah.
0: And I I think you touched on a bunch of different things that kind of, I think can spark so many different conversations. Cause when I was reading, uh, Kind of just seeing what brands were taking the right first steps, and it was a lot of mm-hmm. startup brands like Peloton and uh, Glossier. Is it Glossier or Glossier?
1: Yeah, it's okay, Glossier.
0: That's Glossier. Listen, I, I'm I'm trying out here. Uh, so
1: it's so confusing. Honestly, maybe I have it wrong, <laughs> but I say Glossier.
0: Right, people are gonna get us, but we're gonna stick with Glossier. So, I, and it's just all these startup <laughs> brands that are kind of setting the role model, and so honestly, when I saw this kind of Pepsi banner, um, first off, I really, I still don't really understand what it's doing. Like, I, I I just wanted to be in that room where they're like, you know what we need? We need our brand on this sign telling people to like, go get tested. Like, I, I I just, I'm hoping someone's going to find out it's a joke, but, uh, Knowing Pepsi, I I think it's safe to say that it's not at this point. Um,
1: yeah, and like, uh it's good to like make these signs and like inform people, but don't make your your eye focal point the giant Pepsi right, glass, right? You know, yeah. Like, just say COVID nineteen testing site near Walmart. All right, sponsor that banner. Perfect. There you yeah,
0: go. I completely agree. Yeah.
1: Uh. But yeah, performative activism. I've seen, uh, we can go a little more into that. Um, Definitely have seen so much of that recently. And it's really sad. Yeah,
0: so we kind of threw it back to COVID-19, but kind of back to the most recent stuff with Black Lives Matter. I think one of the the things that I saw blow up the most was Amazon tweeting out their statement Um, and just kind of the, Mm -hmm. the template form that everyone's been doing of course, with no donation, nothing from uh, Jeff Bezos, um, and just so many people kind of talking about, of course, Amazon itself is its whole thing, um, you know, big tech and being a monopoly of sorts, um, and just kind of dealing in so many different industries. But I think just the biggest thing is the fact that uh, they get so many uh, like tax write-offs, and of course, they're one of the largest companies in the world. but couldn't immediately publicly donate money. Um, And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, even if two, three, four, five, six weeks from now um, they end up donating, uh, it's just the fact that we kind of mentioned earlier, like now is the time for brands to step up and kind of make clear what they're doing. Um, And so uh, I I think that was kind of the biggest thing that I saw blow up. Um, And something that kind of surprised me too is this past Tuesday, a bunch of brands and a bunch of people participated in Blackout Tuesday, um, which was basically kind of a day um, to go silent on social media and draw attention to the Black Lives Matter movement. And so a bunch of brands hopped on board uh, like Netflix and Spotify. Um, And at first it definitely got a lot of positive attention, um, but kind of there were a bunch of critics as well that kind of pointed out that um, independent artists... um, Kind of brought to the, everyone's attention is the fact that like Spotify pays uh, their creators a lot less compared to other streaming platforms and so uh, it was kind of ironic the fact that they were um, kind of putting these eight minute and 40 second second 46 second moment of silence and playlist and things like that um, when a lot of people kind of took a step back and reevaluated and looked at it and said what is this what is this doing to help amplify black creators and what is this helping do to help amplify the movement and so um i think that's definitely something we're going to see a lot of is um a bunch of positive attention and then people uh pointing out the nooks and crannies of uh these big brands uh and so hopefully what i'm hoping is that kind of starts this conversation about um performative activism and um, kind of coming to a better consensus of what it looks like uh, for brands to stand up for something while also. um. So that about wraps up our very first episode of what the hell is advertising? Thank you all so, so, so much for tuning in, listening with us, growing with us and really diving deeper into the world of advertising as we explore what these brands are doing in this new world of ours. Um, So be sure to follow us on social media at UNT Ad Club on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to hear or recommendations for speakers you think we should interview. Um, All that good stuff. We'll be launching a brand new episode next week uh, around this time. So be sure to stay tuned from your friends at the University of North Texas Ad Club. We'll see you next week.